Hello, and welcome to the Magical Learning Podcast. On today's episode, we're talking about how to be a leader in the workplace. Whether you're an employee or you own your own business, being a leader is an important part of working, and it's an important part of building friendships and relationships at work. So hopefully, if you're struggling with that concept or you're not sure about how to deal with the responsibility of being a leader or what that could involve, this is the perfect podcast for you. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Magical Learning Podcast. Uh, today, we're going to be talking about leadership in the workplace, and I'm likely to be I'm likely joined by a lot of leaders in workplaces. So that's very exciting. We're going to get a lot of good <laughs> a lot of good insight. Uh, we had a lot of confused looks there if you're not watching the video. So hopefully, we've got some good stuff. Uh, I just want to uh, go around and introduce everybody and say hi and check in and how we're going. And I might start with Alan, our director of rural business. Alan Hunt, how are you? I'm going great. Thanks, Jez. It's great to be here today. I'm really looking forward to our conversation. Awesome. Awesome. That's great. Good to see you on this one. Um, I'm going to throw to Danette Fenton-Menzies, our Director of Learning. How are you today? I'm good. And for those that get the video, I'm wearing my um, really funky looking M&M shirt. <laughs> Just about dead, but it's pretty bright. So I love it. <laughs> Thanks, Jez. Awesome. No problem at all. Uh, all right. So then I've also got our CEO, Graham Gerstenberg. How are you, Graham? Jez, hi. Welcome, everyone. Hello, wherever you are. Great to be here as always. And for, and good to have you on. And finally, we've got John Scollin, our Director of Program Delivery. How are you, John? I'm very well, Jess. Is that is that my title? I, I better change that on the video then. <laughs> I'm, I'm not sure what I called myself. Sir John. <laughs> Sir uh, John. That. <laughs> uh, awesome. Well, good to see you, everybody. I'm glad we're all on today. Uh, so today we're talking about leadership in the workplace, and we're going to be talking both from top down and bottom up, how you can be a leader in your workplace, which is pretty exciting. Um, and I might start with our first question, which is what makes a good workplace leader? And I might throw it to Graham, our CEO, to start us off. He's looking confused. He wasn't ready. Uh, but Graham, uh, what have you got for I've just, I've just noticed my uh, my video thing and, and uh, the confused look was because Tanette keeps telling me I need a haircut. I'm just trying to work out which one she's talking about. So anyway. Um, <laughs> sorry, John, I missed that. At least you've got hair. Yes, uh, I, that's what I like to think too. So, thanks for that. <laughs> uh, what makes a good workplace leader? Great question, Jess. As always, um, I can't remember who said it, but it stuck with me for a long time that the the primary objective of a leader is to grow more leaders around them or develop more leaders around them. So, I think just having that attitude or that mindset. Um, for me, over and above everything else. Um, and, and also remembering, too, that leaders don't actually need followers. You can be a leader without having any followers at all. I think it's also very important. But I just think that I really do like the attitude or the idea that our role is just to grow the people around us. Yeah, I think that's awesome. Uh, that's a, I think that's definitely, I didn't have that one at all as a thing that I'd put down, but I think that's a really important one as well. Um, and I might throw the same question to John. What makes a good workplace leader in your opinion? I think it's someone who sets a standard um, and is consistent on that standard, that they, they're not someone who is above everyone else because they're prepared to get in and get their hands dirty, but they set a standard and a benchmark for others to, 
whether they want to or not, join them. And it's not about being aloof of everyone, but yeah, it's, you know, they're setting that bar. That's that's awesome. This is starting to form a little thing that I might get to later. I like these answers so far. I might throw to Alan. Are there any, What's what makes a good workplace leader for you? Yeah, my thoughts along the same as John there, where I'm thinking it's boundaries. It's you know, knowing what is acceptable and what's not. I remember hearing that you know, if we walk past something and leave it that way, we're telling everybody else that's acceptable. And you know, that can be the simple things that we can lead by example, by you know, cleaning up the mess we saw or you know, holding the person accountable whose job it is to do, clean that mess up. Mm. Yeah, that's that's really good. I um I, I love that as just yeah as a way to sort of enact the standard setting is yeah to be the person that does that stuff and sets it for everyone else. That's awesome. And I might throw it to Danette yeah. as well. What what are your thoughts on what makes a good workplace leader? Great question, Jez. Um, and I agree with everyone what's been said already. Um, one of the things I think is to understand the why, so the purpose, um, and really share that with everyone. So, you know, they, if they're not enthusiastic about why the organisation exists, why they're a leader, then it's really hard to get others involved. And, you know, to John and Alan's point around, that's really about the values, you know, because if we walk past something that isn't part of our values, then we are saying it is. So it's being really consistent in our behaviours. And I think one of the things that we really need to think about on top of what Graham was speaking about, about growing more leaders, is that we need to demonstrate and role model those beautiful behaviours of great leaders. So being open to new ideas, new ways of thinking, um, being curious and also being really calm so that they make the workplace environment safe for others to bring their best versions of themselves to the workplace. It's a great question. Awesome. Awesome. Well, I've just noticed as I've collated everyone's answers here about growing others, setting standards, setting benchmarks, um, understanding the purpose, setting boundaries and stuff. To me, this does also sound similar to someone who might be a mentor. There's like, feel like similar traits in a good mentor. I was just wondering, um, do you guys have any thoughts on that at all? Or is uh, just an impromptu question? Yeah, no, I love that, Jez. I absolutely would agree. You know, a, a great mentor takes you on the journey they've been on, helps you shortcut things, but has your back as well. Um, so, yeah, no, I think that's a really good um, crossing of ideas. It's really good. And by this, I meant crossing of ideas, not a bad idea. <laughs> Had to explain that. <laughs> and for those just listening, mum just crossed her index fingers against each other. Uh, <laughs> it was rewiring. That's what I sort of wanted to say. <laughs> I wonder whether... Sorry, Al, where you go? Um, yeah, when you mentioned the mentor, Jez, to me, it's not just what the mentor is doing, it's who they are being, which is a, a big one for me. Yeah, well, I used to think, you know, how do they do that? We now it's, you know, who are they being, especially how is that influencing the people around them? Yeah, mm. that's awesome. That's a really good one. Oh, do nice. we have any, any other thoughts on that? Or we can head on to the next bit there? Well, Brian, let's... Yeah. No, I was more probably thinking about um, intention, uh, like the difference between, I, and I was probably going more towards the differences between a leader and a mentor rather than the similarities. But I think Jess's point originally was was spot on that 
there well, are I, a lot yeah. of similarities between them. Well, I mean, what I think even exploring what the differences are could be kind of interesting as well. That's why I didn't say anything because I'm still thinking about <laughs> what they might be. Um, yeah, it's interesting. And I, I think, so for me, um, when I think of mentoring, I, I often think that it's more of a... Um, it's more of an, an officially or sort of formally um, created relationship. Um, if I think organisationally uh, and businesses that put mentoring programs in place within the organisation because they want to leverage the experience, the values, uh, the knowledge, et cetera, of the, the more senior people and help share that with the, the um, newer staff. So, yeah, again, there are similar sort of qualities in that respect. But, yeah, I don't know. Mm. It just I probably should have just left it unsaid. <laughs> I'd say one of the differences is the mentor, often they come in with that formal role or informal role, but it's from time to time rather than yeah. the leader is often there day in, yeah. day out. That's That's probably one of mine. And I love the concept of reverse mentoring. So when we talk about the next question, because reverse mentoring is, you know, someone with more experience mentoring someone with less experience, but that person with less experience often has better tech skills and stuff, so they mentor upwards. So, so that's so another they have, idea. They have more experience in a, in a different area. Mm. Yeah. Sorry, I like, and building on what Alan said, it's also with a mentor, I see it as normally it's a formal process, so you have time allocated to do your mentoring, whereas leadership is, it's not just, um, you know, what they do when people are looking. It's what they do when people aren't or they don't think people are looking. Bingo. You know, yep. those standards. So a leader is a 24-7 attitude, job, way of doing things. It doesn't just start and stop with, a you know, when the clock starts ticking. You know, our, our time together is now, right? We're finished now. I can do whatever I want. It's what happens when people, when they don't think people are looking. Nice. Mm. So true. Yeah, and I, I think on that as well, the more I'm thinking about it as well, it's got a, I think mentoring is more uh, almost skill specific. Like you could have a mentor that do, that you don't agree with some of their other choices, but they may have some specific skills that you want to learn from. Whereas I think exactly what everyone else has been saying here and to do with that, who you who you actually are and who you're being, yeah, generally that leadership is a, yeah much more encompassing and and stuff. So, yeah. Interesting. Very cool. All right. Well, Graham, it turns out that was a lovely little alley to walk down, you know, and explore. <laughs> Who knew? <laughs> um, awesome. Well, I might jump onto the second question. And uh, mum, you said you wanted to talk about uh, uh, something to do with this one. So I might throw it to you first. But what are some ways employees can lead from their position? Great question, Jez. And you know, my belief is everyone can be a, le a leader. So it's really about your attitude. It's it's giving things a go. Um, and I think, you know, how we really add, no matter where we are in the organisation, is to bring our best selves to work, to bring your unique talent, skills and perspective to give that sort of more diverse um, way of looking at the organisation. So you bring insights that others can't bring. When when everything everyone looks the same, sounds the same, we don't get that in organisations. And so I think if everyone can bring their strengths and their insights, that actually helps 
um, organisations see stuff that others don't see. And I think, you know, from that, contributing with new ideas, looking at how organisations do things and making suggestions on ways to improve it, maybe even stop doing sometimes. Maybe there's stuff we do and we shouldn't be doing anymore. So, you know, bringing their thoughts as well. And I think the big one, because the world's changing all the time, is all of us have to continue to learn and grow. It's a great question. Absolutely. Yeah, I think that's a, that's that's great. And I think, as yeah, we are all growing here at Magical Learning. And if you're listening to this podcast, you're also growing. So that's pretty exciting. So um, true. <laughs> <laughs> I might throw to Alan, uh, what are some ways that employees can lead from their position? Um, yeah, ties in with what Danette was saying there. It's um, you're bringing out the best in everybody around us. I remember on the farm, I had a guy with very little farming experience who came up with an idea and it would have been so easy to knock that idea on the head. But we kind of went with it and explored it. And when we initially did it, a lot of the neighbours said, oh, why did you do that? Come harvest time, all the neighbours looking over the fence thing, how did you know to do that? It was just something completely different from all the old experienced guys. It was just that fresh set of eyes that didn't see what we all saw. And it was one of the best decisions for the season. That's a great story. That's that's awesome. Thank you, Al. Um, I might throw this to John now. Uh, John, what are some ways employees can lead from their position? Well, I had I had three points, but I like where Alan sort of went with his, and one of them was ask questions. You know, why do we do that? You know, the five whys that people talk about. It's delve into. What is it we're doing? Can we change practice, as Danette was saying? Is there something we can be doing differently? Um, I always remember as a kid growing up, we'd go to play football and Dad would make me and my brother go out and polish our boots before the game. And we didn't care, but it was his comment was, you may not be a footballer yet, but at least you can look like one. Um, so, you know, I think you've got to turn up and be present and actually do the job to the best of your ability. Um, so, and the other thing would be take initiative. Don't just stand there and wait for someone to be told. I've just got, a, I literally just got off the phone from someone in an IT world. They're talking about a junior BA who is doing their head in because they're not taking any initiative at all. They're just waiting to be spoon fed the requirements of what they've got to do. And it's like, no, you know, if you want to lead, take the initiative. Mm. Yeah, that's that's really nice. good. I, yeah, I'm loving these uh, stories. I had a similar thought as well, John, um, which is that uh, I've noticed anywhere where I've worked where someone is asking for responsibility, that sends a message upwards that this is someone that's looking to do more and help out more and become a bigger part of the um, the thing. So that's a yeah, really good. And I love that point about just act like the professional you kind of want to be but with that polishing your boots story. That's a really good one. Mm-hmm. And, and Graham, any thoughts on uh, some ways employees can lead from their position? Um, probably, yeah, I, I do have one. But before that, I just want to touch on um, two things. One thing that Al said triggered um, a thing for me about, and I think it was Tony Robbins who once described um, getting a job as a kitchen hand, so washing dishes in a kitchen. This was when he was much younger and still hadn't got his stuff together. But he was on the uh, on the sort of personal growth journey. So he'd started to believe that he could be better than he was. And he ended up in somewhere, probably a horribly 
quoting or paraphrasing the story. But anyway, he ended up washing dishes and he decided that even though it was a really menial job and the pay was terrible, he was going to rock up to work every day wanting to be the single best dishwasher in the world. That was his goal. Attitude, mindset. So when I think about, you know, what it's, and John's point about polishing your boots, um, reminded me of the story about Steve Jobs and his dad telling him that he had to paint the inside of the fence as well as the outside in their, on, their, on their back fence around the house. And Steve Jobs was like, well, what's the point? Nobody can see, and it's, we're the only ones who can see it. And he said, that's exactly the point. We can see it. Mm-hmm. So I think for, um, which sort of leads me to the point I was going to make originally, sorry, it's a bit of a rambling answer. Why do you want to be a leader? And I, I think we all need to sort of explore that because the reality is if you don't, if you don't see any value in it, if you don't see that there's an opportunity for you to add something, then you're probably not really going to dive in at all. So I'd love everybody just to explore the idea of, well, why would I want to show up as a leader? Now, how, how is that going to help? Because I think when we can sort of emotionally attach to the why question, and we have an answer around, oh, because I can be better than I am, because that will help other people around me, whatever it happens to be. Like once we get clear on the why, everything else becomes just a little bit easier. And then I just put a big tick next to everything that everybody else said as a general cop-out. <laughs> well, that's that's a, uh, a great point, Graham, that I hadn't even really thought about. But um, some people may not want to be leaders. What, what would be... Um, what, what's a reason you may not want to become a leader? I mean, I guess obviously you'd be more in the in the eye of people, but it, what, what are some reasons maybe people would or wouldn't want to become a leader? It's kind of interesting. I reckon some people, they've been sort of told from very young age, you know, you're, you're a bit of a loser, blah, 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 and they've taken on those stories as their internal um, viewpoint and therefore they they don't see that potential in themselves and if they've got no one then encouraging that it can be really easy for that to become their story so it's you know not that they're a bad person or it might be just the environment they've come from sometimes the responsibility i think scares people too yeah maybe they've had no role models either these are my ideas but do you think of australian culture and that tall poppy syndrome someone sticks their head over the parapet it gets shot off. You don't. Yeah. You don't do that. You don't stand out, stand out from the crowd. You stay with the norm. You do the, the normal things that everyone does, um, and it's only those people that really want to challenge themselves or be special that they go and do those things. Mm, true. I even wonder if it's just phases in our life where, to me, it's, I've had phases where I've just stepped back and thought, "That's it. I'm not going to leave." And to me, that was a bit like going on holidays and. It was great to sit on the beach and do nothing for a while, but then that got boring and now I'm back in the game again. And I think you're right on that too, Al. I mean, you know, phases when I know when I had kids, happy to spend more time with the little kids, the babies, and then as they got older, it's like, oh, God, they can fend for themselves, who cares? (laughs) (laughs) It's time for them to grow up. (laughs) I'm only three. Doesn't matter. You'll be fine catching the bus to school. Off you go. Um, yeah, I, I think I'll. Well, it, it's probably a really broad sort of answer, but uh, I think fear a lot of the time is the thing that stops us. Uh, you know, Danette said the extra responsibility, and I know, and I'm 
countless people I've spoken to over the years who don't want to move into what they consider to be a leadership position because they don't want the extra responsibility. Mm. Um, and, and again, I, I think part of it's just that um, maybe lack of clarity around what being a leader actually means. Because I think a lot of people still attribute leadership to moving up the hierarchy within their organisation, whereas nowadays, and we sort of know leadership's got nothing to do with hierarchical position at all. That's all about power and authority. It's not about leadership. So, yeah, good question, well, Jess. Wow, that was, yeah, that was great. I feel like we got so many different answers there. So that was amazing. Hopefully that's helped clear some stuff up for people like me. Um, awesome. Uh, all right, well, let's throw on to our last question. And I might throw this to you first, Graham, which is how can employers show good leadership? To uh, horrendously and incorrectly paraphrase Gandhi yet again, because I think um, the be the change you want to see in the world was not what he said in the first place, but be the leader you expect from other people. Yeah, be, do, be the role model. I think both John and Alan mentioned this before. Um, and leave your ego at home. Lock it in a box and put it away somewhere. Yeah, nice. That's it. That's awesome. Um, I might throw John the same question. How can employers show good leadership? So I'll build on that ego thing. And as a good leader, you know your limits. You know where your strengths are. You know where your weaknesses are. And you build a team around you that can actually help you build on your weaknesses as much as build on your strengths. You don't have to be, um, you know, the, the big poster boy for or girl for any organisation. It's the team that does the work and you recognise that. So, you know, you build your team to help support you, achieve the goals or whatever it is you do. And the other thing, and it's where I think Danette started in part of her first answer, was explain the why. If you want to be a good leader, get people to know what the why is. Why are you doing it? And this goes back to our Simon Sinek talk we did, what, two weeks ago? Um, and it's... Yeah, that's really important because if people know the why we're doing these things, they get on board um, and they'll do more for you when they're with you. Um, so, yeah, explain that. Yeah, that's that's awesome. Thank you, John. Uh, I might throw the same question to Alan. How can employers show good leadership? Um, I'm going off on a slight tangent in my mind, Jez. I'm thinking from a parenting perspective, which to me does apply to business where... I know for me, I thought I had to be perfect for my kids, show them, you know, I guess, you know, what I expected them to be. And then I realised, you know, I'm trying to get people around me to never make a mistake. Where, you know, to see the smile on my children's eyes when they could see that I wasn't perfect, gave them permission to jump in, have a go, try new things out. And that's how we learn. And to me, we can take that same principle into business where it is okay to make mistakes because that's how we learn that's how we break out of that rut that quite often we can get really stuck in. Yeah. That, yeah, so I think that, yeah, that's awesome. Uh, this is all building. I think I've got another question after this. Just we'll make nice. it a quick one. Uh, <laughs> um, but uh, Danette, what, what, are, what are some ways that employers can show good leadership? Um, so I totally agree with what everyone else said. Um, I think remaining curious. So um you know, just exploring with others how they can bring their best potential. And I think one of the things as leaders we can do in organisations is see further um, 
than the other people and see the best in those people. So actually try to bring out qualities that maybe they don't see in themselves at the moment so that we're lifting people up, we're empowering people. And I think in this world where there's so much change and you know lots of things going on, I think part of our role as leaders is to be really kind and compassionate, which comes back to Al's point. Yeah, none of us are perfect. So it's okay to admit mistakes. It's okay to um, be humble and say, I don't know. Because I think we then teach others that it's it's okay not to have all the answers. In fact, let's work together and come up with the answers and bring in those different perspectives. And I can see so much more in you than you can see in yourself. And I want you to step into that. So for me, when organisations do that, you know, just get out of the road because it creates amazing, creates magical. How do you like that? (laughs) (laughs) Good work. (laughs) Perfect way to slide I see what you did there. (laughs) (laughs) Create magical. There we go. That's our new little uh, tag for this episode. I just wanted to, I just noticed some of the stuff that we were, um, that was being said um about uh, not being perfect um leaving your ego at the door i think it was something graham said uh john was saying no strengths and weaknesses and yeah alan as you're saying yeah not perfect in front of your kids and just letting them understand that and then as mom you were talking about being uh humble and uh and letting other people know it's okay i was wondering this has all kind of led me to think like how much self-awareness is required to be a leader um because like a lot of these things sort of come back to understanding yourself and then you know uh, sort of allowing other people to help you in a lot of ways. I was just wondering if that, uh, how much that's related, if that is related at all. I reckon you've hit the, the nail on the head there, Jez, where I used to think leading was about other people where, you know, I agree with what you just said there, where leading starts with us. When we can lead ourselves, then we can role model for other people and lead other people. Totally agree with that. You know, if, if we're not self-aware, we're going to go in and get triggered at work. We're going to be really reactive, creating the opposite of a safe workplace. Um, and you're not going to get the best out of your people because you can't even see the best in yourself. Um, you get stressed, triggered by stress and stuff like that. So for me, I think that self-awareness is something that's critical for us as leaders to continue to develop. Mm-hmm. Great insight, Jess. Mm. I mean, you guys, you guys did all the insights. I was just jotting them down. I'm like, oh, this reminds me of this. Great chatting, Jess. <laughs> <That's> great. <laughs> great chatting. John? No, look, I agree with what people said. I think you've got to have self-awareness to, to lead because, you know, you're prepared to admit your failing, failures. Um, you know, you, you know where your weaknesses are and you don't have an ego about you. You're going to build up. So, yeah, no, I, I think you do need to have self-awareness. Nice. I wonder whether um, the other thing that came up for me listening to um, to your responses was the idea of self-exploration. So, yeah, self-awareness critical because without it, we can't consciously choose to change anything because we're not aware of that aspect of us that needs changing. Um, but also recognising that, that leadership isn't a destination. Hmm. And and you know becoming or being a better version of ourselves today than we were yesterday requires firstly self awareness, but also that sense of continuing to explore more about who we are. And one of the really smart um, uh, Indian gurus from years ago once talked about um, spending time every morning pondering the question, "Who am I?" 
And on surface level, it's such a simplistic question. But the deeper you go into it, the scarier it becomes. So I, yeah. So I think for all of us as leaders, you know, sitting with questions like, who am I? And, and maybe who do I want to be can help. That's uh, that's awesome, Graham. Yeah, the self-exploration part beyond self-awareness and, yeah, making that a whole journey is awesome. I love that. I've just jotted that down, even though I'm not going to have a question about it. I just think it's good to remember. Um, <laughs> all right, well, uh, we are getting right to the edge of our time here, so I do want to just wrap up uh, and get some final thoughts from everyone. This has been a really good uh, podcast as well. Like I said, I've just been jotting down a lot of stuff, so it's been very good for me. Um, I might start with uh, Alan here, actually. Any final thoughts you've got about leadership in the workplace? Uh, the one coming up for me there, just listening to Graeme Jazz, I remember years ago, Graeme said to me, awareness is 90% of the way there. And yeah, like Graeme said there, if we don't know, we can't change it. And having that self-awareness gives us the ability to grow and be a better person every day. Awesome. Yeah. But yeah, thank you for that. Uh, all right, John, any final thoughts on leadership in the workplace? Uh, for me, it's the leaders aren't, aren't afraid to make other people leaders. We build up those yeah. around it. Yeah, that's a that's a great great little thing there. Um, Danette, any final thoughts on leadership in the workplace? Yeah, I think our role is to make people feel included, to bring their best selves to work, um, and lift everyone up. So we need the world needs more leaders. So that's what we should all be doing. Thanks, Jez. Great great session. Awesome. <laughs> and uh, Graham, final thoughts on leadership in the workplace. Um, no, maybe we just all need to accept it as part of our responsibility for being human. Start there. Nice. Awesome. Well, then, in that case, this uh, podcast needs to go out to everyone. So if you are listening to it, share it, get the word out there, and hopefully we'll get some more leaders around us. I just want to thank all of you so much for being on the podcast. It's been a really, really informative one for me. So I want to thank you all so much. Thank you, Jez. Uh, Thanks, Jez, once else. again. Thanks, everyone. Awesome. Well, uh, we'll see you yeah. next week, everybody. Uh, but until then, have a magical week. Look Love forward it. to it. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks, Thanks, Jez. See you guys. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Magical Learning Podcast. I really hope you enjoyed this. As you heard, this is on Spotify Greenroom. And if you want to join us next week, feel free. We will be putting the topics on our social media. So if you follow us on Instagram, LinkedIn, YouTube, Facebook, you'll find out all the details you need about us. Beyond that, we hope you have a magical week. And if you need anything, uh, feel free to follow us on those uh, different social medias. And you'll find that uh, we are often giving stuff away for free as well. Until next time, from all of us here at Magical Learning, have a magical week.